position a chair sideways and lean back on it like you're avoiding bullets. It's the Review A New Podcast. I am your host, uh, your co-host, uh, DJ. I'm your co-host, Evan. And I'm trying the chair thing. And <laughs> I was like, wait, what are you doing? You know, you look like Peter Pan. You got one leg up to the side. Of the- no, ladies and gentlemen, this dog is about to mess up our recording right now because this dog is like walking. Fletcher, I love you so much, but you're walking through the wire. And you are like, look at this dog who's like looking up at us. And just being like, I love you so much. I love you. I, I feel like, please? like some people on podcasts, like the girls on My Favorite Murder have that cat that sounds like a possessed baby. And we just have Fletcher click, click, click in. Yeah, I'm just like, because, God damn it, Fletcher, please. Because he will not let anybody cut his nails. I've taken him to the groomer to have his nails cut. And they refuse to do it. They have literally said, no, we oh won't We won't do it because he'll bite us And his tail is just flapping all on the wires that he's, we are using to record this episode. He's very excited. But yeah, we don't have... I don't know. Elvis is the name. So the first time I was... When I first... I was listening to My Favorite Murder years ago. And I did not know that Elvis was a cat. And I just heard this like... <laughs> Like they had a, a tortured prisoner. And, I was like, and they were like, well, they kept saying, so they were talking about like a live show. Cause I jumped in. This wasn't the first episode and they were talking about a live show and they said somebody had, they were like holding up a giant cutout of Elvis. And I assumed they met Elvis Presley. And I was really like, okay. And then it turned out they were talking about the cat, which is also weird. But yeah, like the, I just, incredible. I just heard something going. I don't, know, I don't, know, I don't know how great this is for podcast material. Uh, <laughs> <Going> blah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, I don't fucking know, man. All right. Oh, uh, but yeah. The Matrix. Le- leaning, leaning back. Uh, oh my god, this movie. Can I tell you guys? First of all, thank you so much to once again, Doctor Goatman coming through Dr. once again uh, with the request. And if you want to request a uh, movie song or you know what have you new rap album for me to review head on over to kofi.com slash rap critic and get those requests in you know what i'm saying um but yeah uh thank you so much to dr goatman for making this request for the matrix oh my god can i tell you we are going back to my freaking childhood right now Oh, seven years old on the playground. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the, 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 the September after that summer. You know, the movie that everyone is imitating and all that type of shit. Like, look, let me tell you. Like, when I tell you that intro that I used to do, that was the one, like... There's so many things that we imitated just from this movie, like, hello, but, like, that was the one thing that I always remember, like, doing the lean back, like, ah, oh, the slow down, and then the speed up, right? Because I was always, like, get precise about my imitation of the movies like because you know they do the slow down thing but there's also like when he gets shot like he actually does get like nicked and then he falls down like really quick so i would always like imitate like all of that too you know like oh i would bend over the chair and then like yeah. flop real quick <laughs> you know what i mean um but yeah i'm sorry i'm just like this is just one of the no, most imita- I, this is like the jim jim carrey levels of like yeah oh my god I, so this I, is that's imitatable, you know what I, I mean? I am, also, <laughs> my brain. I am also excited to talk about this for a very different reason. Oh, oh for sure, for but sure. this is the transist movie. Yeah, what? Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, you ask a trans person to talk about The Matrix, it's just yeah, like... I specifically wanted to get into perspective on it, yeah, yeah. Now, oh uh, there's a bit almost, of dialogue that we can get into, but it, like, it yeah, It almost yeah. feels ham-fisted. The metaphor is so obvious I mean, looking the, back. See, well, that's the thing about, like, all... It's just... Like, first of all, because we just knew less, like, in the general mm-hmm. sphere about, like, trans people, right? But, like, also, it's just, like, you know, 
the movie in general is dealing with a lot of like allusions to things like because I was looking up uh, online also like people you know see conversations people talking about like like and people kind of talking about like yes it is like a trans allegory looking at these things and these things but you know it's also like a Jesus allegory if you look oh, yeah. at these I things mean, these things you know it's like there's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of different stuff going on and there is are the, places. Uh, Indian uh, um oh my God someone quoted uh, a piece of music that plays at one bit at the end that's Indian. And I was like, oh, and so like maybe they were calling back to something uh, related to that religion, but I forgot what it was. I think about The Matrix and Casablanca in terms well, of things I, that get referenced oh, in like every possible. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, the latest freaking. I mean, uh, Shrek. Yeah, Shrek, <laughs> that definitely Shrek, happens, which like... is practically a classic itself now. Yeah. Shrek riffs on the Matrix in the first Shrek right, movie, and right. that was, was like, that... and that was like a couple of years later. It wasn't it, it, like, it, and that was animation. You have to like. It was 2001, I believe. So, so it had to be years, like, yeah, yeah. yeah two and years scary later. movie, of course, did it the next year, and you know, like yeah, yeah. that whole thing. But um, in, in a scene that's honestly, like, when I look at it, it's like I remember honestly feeling at the time that it feels a little superfluous, where it's just like, wait, okay, so she's in close quarters with this police officer, and she needs to like, you know, turn around and, and fuck him up and kick his, you know, get the get the gun away. It's like you could have easily done that with your hand. Why do you need to do the fucking jump up crane just to do? Because when oh, you see what happens yeah, afterwards, yeah. it's just a kick I, to get the I gun away. You were it was like, about... could have just done that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about like the really famous like Neo, you know, doing the limbo and dodging. Oh yeah, the... no. And what I what I was really struck by, no pun intended, yeah. like so when he's doing this is the scene that. By the I way, mean, spoiler alerts, if you haven't seen this classic-ass movie... If you, you haven't seen this 20 You deserve this, movie, you dumb motherfucker. If you haven't seen this movie that can drink... And, um, <laughs> like, yeah, um, that, that needs to be the new internet rule. If this movie can drink, I'm sorry, we can yeah. spoil it. <laughs> so, um, there's the... Yeah, there's the, like, the jumping up and kicking thing, but also the really reference, like, Neo's bullet time, where he's, like, you know, Neo... Like bending all all the way over backwards, like he's doing the limbo and like yeah. dodging all the bullets, right? And you know that's been referenced a bunch. And I think, like a lot of pop culture things that get referenced and referenced and referenced, you lose some of the texture in the original. And what I had forgotten, because um, I saw this movie at some point when I was a kid, I didn't see it when it came out because I was eleven and I was not allowed to watch rated R movies when I was eleven. Um, I was not a cool kid. Um, oh, oh. But my mom I, worked at a movie theater. Yeah. So I but I saw it at some point in high school and I was like, okay. And then, you know, watched it again, a f maybe two, three years ago and was like, oh my God, this movie is trans. And then, <laughs> um, and then I just rewatched it and then I just rewatched it for this episode. But, um, but I had forgotten that, you know, when Neo's doing that, he ends up getting grazed. He gets shot and he falls over yeah, on his yeah, butt. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because we all know, or at least I think a lot of people know that Will Smith was almost cast in this yeah, role. And I, man, my mind reels. Because, they, like how different would the movie just... Right. And, like, first of all, just like there's a lot of black people in the movie. Just first mm -hmm. of all, like this very diverse cast. It, it you know? would have been... Yeah, well, I think if, if Will Smith, there was a white actor who would have been... Um, oh, I think um, they want to get Sean Connery to do Connery? Uh, Morpheus. I thought I think it was so. Val Kilmer. Uh, to do Morpheus? Yeah. I thought it was somebody hmm. weird. It was like Val Kilmer or somebody I, I think they went through a couple of people, yeah. but, but yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, so Will Smith 
is like, you it's know. a different energy, right? Very like, different energy. Because here's the thing. Will Smith, to me, seems very um, savvy and canny. And, like, there's always, like, right. gears even when you, uh, Perfect example. In Men in Black. Even w- with even him being the fish out of water, he's still kind of like, oh, but he's got streetwise sort of like, right, you know. Like, even being the fish out of... He can hang. Of, he's with he, it. He's coming in like, huh, what's going on? This is weird. But he doesn't seem dumbfounded. Keanu yeah. Reeves seems yes. dumbfounded. In fact, I, I would say that that's what works to the, the strengths, actually, in the movies that he's yeah. in um, when I think of Men in Black and mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, what's some uh, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's like, it's the idea, like, here's this scrappy dude, who, you know, who, who's got something to prove and he's gonna, like, yeah. like you know well, what I'm saying? And, like, it's so funny to me because, like, the other thing that I had seen Keanu Reeves in when I was a kid was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> and See, I, I, I'd seen Speed, I think, up to this point. So I had only known him as like, I didn't know action him. movie guy. Yeah, I actually had not seen a lot of... Um, I had not seen a lot of like action movies and stuff. What I had seen oh, was yeah, him as as Bill and Ted, oh, yes. uh, as Bill and or no, he's Ted. I always get them mixed up. I never watched those movies. Uh, so it, see, I, I like Bill and Ted, but I always I always get them mixed up because. Um, Ted, like Bill, looks more like a Ted. No, yeah, Bill. Bill looks more like a Ted, but Ted. Okay, so Bill S. Preston, and then Ted. Does, I don't remember if Ted has last name. This is this is the thing. I always feel like <laughs> Ted does I, have a last name. Why does one of the characters get a full name? No, and the other let one me doesn't? see. He's got to have a last name. Oh, Ted Theodore Logan. Right. So this is one of those things I hate that I always feel like people are gonna be like, oh, you th- you say you like that movie, but you couldn't remember what Ted's last name. Is. Like, you know what? Fuck off. I have the internet. I don't need to. I don't need to remember. Uh, I don't need to retain knowledge anymore. The robots are doing it for us. They're retaining the knowledge for us. The Matrix is here. And honestly, I'm not too mad about it. You know, like, I'm a little I know. Fine. Like, here's the thing. So I have, I have a lot to say about Cypher. I have a lot to say about well, Cypher. Let's go. But, um, Glover, but, but let's I just wanted go. to say, like, so, so Keanu Reeves. There were moments in this movie that I saw. Ted Logan, like mm. when he's like flopping around and he just looks oh, so yeah. like yeah, he certainly has those moments of like oh, and that's the bringing point about Will Smith. That's like he's usually like like uh, especially in the point of the uh, the movie in one scene is that like mm. oh, everyone's thinking alike and he thinks outside of the box. Like the idea is that like, he's doing the unexpected. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the bit to his character, uh, Wild Wild West. It's also like oh, here's this black man. He's not supposed to be able to talk mm-hmm. back and do it. You know what I mean? So with this is like it's supposed to be here's this loser. Yeah. Like he there there is no expectation. Like you know. It would be interesting to see Will Smith it's, play it, that side, it is. but like that's not typically his like you know thing. Although I think it's interesting. I'm sorry, I just want to get this point out because it's like um, he didn't want to play the role, and the reason why is because he was like, I didn't want to be pigeonholed wow, wow. into doing a just the sci-fi guy thing, and I was just like, bro. Being the black man, that would have been so like. Ah. Yeah, it would have. I mean, obviously, <laughs> like me as the blurred like now that the blurred thing is I, now well, like an accepted like they, mainstream thing. If the whole cast had been the same except for Will Smith, being, right? That would have been. And you really know they cool. wouldn't have had Carrie Ann Moss in you know as the white woman lead kissing the, the Will Smith mm-hmm. in 1999. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> but like that would have been awesome. But yeah, also probably. I mean, Blade would've... was out at the time, so it's just like true, maybe true. like this could have been a real renaissance. You know? Yeah, um, but, I mean, you know, and obviously Will Smith has done fine for himself. Yeah, yeah, clearly. clearly. I mean, it's funny because I think what I always heard was like, oh, he he made that because ter- you always hear the like, oh, this actor turned down this amazing movie to do this stupid movie, like yeah. Sean Connery turned down playing Gandalf <laughs> to be in League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen, right? 
which I enjoy League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but that was a bad choice. Although it was a bad choice for Sean Connery, not a bad choice for us, the audience. I think. Um, oh, I want to bring it back to you know narratives that we can see within the film because you, as as a trans person, I do want to get like that perspective and see like mm-hmm. what are these things that like I didn't yeah, see yeah, and be yeah. like, oh hey, you know, okay, I see it. Da, 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 da. Or um um, but also you know because this movie, it's not like directly like it's about. I mean, like, you could say, like, it's about capitalism and the atomization that everyone felt in the mm-hmm. end of history in 1999, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that, that, like, that's the initial reading of the movie, right? Yeah, like, it came, like, that, I think the time it came out is really important, because it came out in 1999, it's set in, you know, it's set in a world that is simulated. Yeah, and I, I didn't remember that. I thought the idea was that it was, oh, it was just 1999, like, my brain was like, Oh my god, that's this extra layer that I had forgotten that it's like, oh, it's actually sometime in the future and they're simulating the uh the most advanced of, part yeah. of like and you it's know so civilization. Funny so much looks like so old fashioned now with the payphones. Well, and... this is the point that I think is interesting uh, in that I think is fascinating about like looking back on movies more than just like you know talking about like social issues in the specific blah, 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 but like just looking back on like time and how things change because it's like the idea of it being like, okay, we're we're actually further in the future and human beings want to think of a time before we were in control. And, like, the time right now, you think, well, well we're still in control. And it's like, but they... But Morpheus we, put the... No, yeah, the Morpheus algorithms the, are yeah, And Morpheus puts a specific caveat. He says, like, when we thought we were the peak of civilization. So, like, at the peak of our civilization. And think about it. Human beings think of nostalgia. They always, like, think about, like, a further past as being, like, that was actually the best time. You know what I'm saying? So it actually kind of makes sense that we're going back to this time that really wasn't actually the best technology-wise, as we can look back at it now. You know what I'm trying to say? And, like, actually like well maybe we do actually like you know need machines they do actually make like civilization better but because of the arrogance of of humanity in this film it's like no no what's better was before when we had these machines when we were still in control like these people who are this far gone with these robots that are like angry at them and don't want to remember them what are these robots going to design for them a time right before all of what we're at right now where it's like their robots are still relatively not there so the people aren't thinking about the idea of these robots possibly rebelling. You know what I'm saying? Right, so literally, right. they want to rewind them back to this time. So, like, it works, like, it, it, it's one of those plot elements that, like, actually works better, like, with time. Like, a lot of, like, you know, movies about, like, futuristic stuff kind of, like, doesn't age well with time. It's like, oh, computers aren't going to be like that. But it's like, no, of course the computers are like that because they're trying to emulate 1999 right. yeah. before the, yeah. the computers are... You know what I'm saying? Really became integrated and the people would have been thinking about uh, like computers, you know, being yeah. uh, able to take over. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's yeah, like it yeah, actually yeah. kind of works I, like with what the, it's happening in the narrative, you know? I wanted to get to a specific thing of like, you know, we're talking about like lenses through which the movie mm-hmm. can be viewed and I do want to make sure we do not forget about the uh, Red Pillars and <laughs> their ideology, right? Because like, I, I want to make sure this is like uh, uh, specifically addressed like on our podcast because yeah. like, first of all, like, I, I, this is the thing that I've talked to you about where it's like, why do we keep letting the stupid people control the conversation? Yeah. We did it back in 1999 when this movie first came out because, oh, Combine, and, oh my God, pe- black char- uh, characters and black wearing trench coats, that must have inspired, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. And we're doing it again today with like, oh, uh, I guess the Red Pillars, uh, the, the Matrix is theirs now because they, they, they said the stupid analogy that, oh, oh, you know, you know what Red Pillars actually... This is what Red Pillars actually believe. Put the South Park uh, thing underneath mm-hmm. the the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they actually believe that. No, no, no. Women are actually in control, and men are like you know being oppressed because they've actually got all the power now. See, and it's like it's one of those things where it's just like if you know anything about history, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like women didn't. 
weren't allowed to have credit cards to like the 70 yeah like, it's like you don't people you, who were so in you, charge you don't, you don't go in the span of 50 years from you're not quite legally an adult <laughs> to you're in control of the world like that just doesn't yeah and, and the, the examples that they give like well how come men are supposed to go to war huh how come men have to do these jobs it's like it's because we live in a patriarchal society that says like you, men have, like, like, feminism didn't like say, you know hey, women you. have been trying to get into, like, combat positions. Yeah, but that, that's the point. It's like, feminism didn't say, oh, men go to war now. That was the male thing that said, the men must be yeah. on and the women must stay home and do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. wasn't women's choice. And like I said, like, if it was the choice, like, if they had so much control, wouldn't they want to be the heads of power? Why would they want to be so sidelined well, all the time? Well, that was, interestingly like, <laughs> enough, that was, like, a 19th century anti-suffragist like anti-suffragist <laughs> argument that women should not be allowed to vote because watch somebody take this out of context and like clip mm. me just saying women should not be allowed to vote. <laughs> you know um, how the internet is but but that women shouldn't be allowed to vote because women already control who their husband votes for so it'll be like women getting to <laughs> wow. vote twice first of all when you just think of it on the terms of like it's the same exact thing with like the christian uh, fundamentalist types or or people who like Oh, uh, uh, God told me that I'm actually supposed to be, uh, hating these people. Oh, oh, uh, I, I'm a guy who's, uh, you know, uh, had to deal with, like, women rejecting me. Oh, oh, you know what's the problem? Oh, women are actually in control. Whoa, whoa, what a, co what a coincidence with the reality uh, of the, the red pill that I need to take, the truth that I need to accept is that it actually has nothing to do with me and that it's all women's yeah. fault. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, oh, what a coincidence. The truth involves you not having to challenge anything yeah. of your well, preconceived notions. And it's also you know what I'm trying to say? The, like, irony, <laughs> the irony of that, be, you know, of like, guys, that movie was written by two trans women. Like, yeah, they weren't oh. out at the time, but it's like still like, and this, you are aware that the people who created that movie are women. Well, and this is the this is the big bigger point that I want to get to because like, you know, they weren't out at first right mm -hmm. and so of course like people didn't know but what i love so much about the internet now is that like when those guys came out and like it you know at first it was like oh yeah the ripper like it was just kind of like oh those guys that yeah they say this and that's clearly not what the movie's about but we're, you know they, mm -hmm. blah, 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 like they're idiots so of course they're gonna misinterpret like and it was just kind of like whatever and then when it kind of like became prominent then it was like it was kind of felt like culture was allowing them to claim the movie like, oh, here's this problematic movie, just like Fight Club, just like Rick and Morty, just mm -hmm. like what, the joke, you know, like whatever pop culture du jour that like is emulating something we feel yeah. is problematic. But then tra tra a lot of trans people came out and were like, hey, wait a minute now. <laughs> like, yeah, and, like <laughs> and we will get to that. I do want to say, because you brought up Columbine. So looking at this 23 years later, the mm. um the scenes like specifically the scene where like you know when morpheus is upstairs getting tortured and uh trinity and neo break in in their long coats and they've got the guns and they're shooting everybody right like i i think that movie um reads a lot and here's the thing i'm not saying the wachowskis are responsible for columbine i'm not <laughs> no, saying... no do you say wachowskis or wachowskis because i feel like wachowskis is better for when I, you're like angry, you know, like for 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 well, some of the choices that I get angry at them in this film, I'm gonna be like Wachowskis, like like you're the boss and you're mad at them. I'm, you know what I mean? Well, presumably they're very famous. Presumably, yeah, they've um, said their names. Oh, wait, Wachowski, the, yeah, yeah, because it would be Wachowski, Wachowski. Yeah. I always thought it was Wachowski. Well, Wachowski. Yeah. <laughs> well, apologies. Um, Look to, at you. To um, to the, the, the which, sisters uh, Lena and Lily. Wachowski. I think Lana. 
La- oh, Lana. excuse me. Excuse okay, me. we're just pronouncing their names wrong uh, all over the place. Ruined it now. Apolo- oh, we can't sleep and then we dream about it. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, Wachowski sisters. Our conscience okay. will eat us, anyway, eat at us and we won't breathe about it. I am not saying that the Wachowski sisters are responsible <laughs> for Columbine, but what I will say is that, like, so watching that scene now, I didn't find it upsetting, but it left me very cold. I had no reaction to it, and I think that mm. in 1999... A person seeing that, an average person seeing that, probably would have felt like very excited. Mm. And I feel very excited about certain, like I very often will feel excited about movie violence. I'm not sitting here saying I'm not, I'm above or whatever. Like I, I mean, y'all, if y'all listened to our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode, or or like, uh, uh, everything everywhere all at once, or everything everywhere uh, all at once, like I, I can get very very excited about violence in movies. But the taking a bunch of guns in and coolly and coldly gunning yeah. gunning down a bunch of, you know, ordinary people. That, <laughs> yeah, that was an know. element of it. Because it was like, okay, that that's the bigger thing that I was thinking about. was like, because they kind of like give it away as a line where it's just like, oh, you know, any agent could turn in, uh, any person in this world could turn into Smith. So you just have to, you know, be okay with the idea that we can kill anyone. It's like... You know, in a like bigger sense, like the uh, that bigger heightened sense of like, oh, none of these people count as people. They're all just NPCs that you can just go right. to shoot. And and that, and you that, know what I mean? That people, people, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know. Well, and that's the thing is like, you know, so we've had so many mass shootings in this country, and the people who do that kind of thing do think of other human beings as NPCs. And again, I'm not saying that the Matrix caused that behavior. No, because it, that would I, be the same like video right, game argument. Right, like, oh, oh, if they play GTA V, it's a simulator. Which is funny because the government now uses video games to yeah. help them. Well, so okay. I guess video games aren't so bad after I mean, all. I'm not, say, so <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that from an artistic standpoint, me coming at this in 2022 with the context of I have seen way too many actual mm. real life stories about mm. assholes who think they're badasses going in and gunning down a bunch of in- innocent people, mm. you know, with, uh, you know, no, you know, no emotion, no empathy or whatever, because they think they're cool that seeing the, the heroes walk in and with no emotion Ooh. gun down a bunch of frantic, yeah. ordinary people like that just isn't cool. And it's kind of supposed to be played as like a bit of a joke. Like when you have that moment of like the fact that they're like these silent people, like doing the thing that they do, like they have the moment of, Oh shit, they're aiming at us. Now we run. Like that's supposed to be treated as like a bit of a laugh beat, right? Like the, Oh, now yeah, let's go. I don't know. You know. It didn't, it didn't, I, I think I was just so like, ah, yeah, this didn't age well. Well, yeah, and, 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 and that, um, what was the, uh, there was a point of your, oh, that's the thing that kept like, kind of like pulling at my brain when I think about it. Cause like, usually in movies like this, like scenes like this would be the stuff that the bad guy does. Like, Mm -hmm. the bad guys go into a building and lay waste to everybody, like, indiscriminately. The bad guys get a helicopter, shoot the whole thing. Because I was thinking about that scene, like, when they're in the helicopter and shooting up the, the, that whole scene. Like, sure, it looks like a freaking music video and it's really cool, but I'm like, is it Morpheus in there? Aren't they trying to, like, protect him? You know? (laughs) Like, oh, I guess uh, uh, Neo has the force and he can, like, not, uh, he can aim around him. Why is he wildly shooting this helicopter? Is there stuff in this movie that does not make sense from a technical standpoint? It's like, I still, like, after, this is now the third time I've seen it, and I'm like, okay, but so... Oh, we're going to get into so much. The bending the spoon, and then you can, like, do flip-flops, and you can do the limbo and and dodge around bullets. Okay, so 
do are there any laws of physics that apply to you because clearly there are because you have to run away and you can get shot and this and that right but like it's like okay so why is it like you you kind of have superpowers but it's not unlimited I, and i'm not saying they should have been unlimited because that would have yeah. made for a very boring movie yeah yeah if he could just do whatever but i think the idea is that um because morpheus mentions like he he comes across someone who could do whatever within the Matrix. Right. And the idea is that, like, there's another one who could. Now, and I think the idea is that we all could if we really freed our minds. That's the idea. But, like, we are so limited by, like, because we accept the reality of what we look like. The, the accepted reality of our mm -hmm. physical space. Even though, like, even if I'm telling you, this is the Matrix, this isn't real. But you still accept what you look like. You still don't take the fact that, oh, so I can just... If this isn't real, then I can turn into a 13-foot... You know what I'm saying? Like, if that is the reality, if this is a simulation, then why can I do it? Because there's so much in your brain that is limiting to you. I think that's the mm -hmm. point. Like, that is the original uh, good guy, I think, uh, uh, version of this message. If you would have seen this in 1999 and come out of it as a, like, person who's, like, watching a piece of cinema and being like, yeah, I think the point of this movie is that telling you, open your mind, think of new things, think of the idea of, like, Wow, what a, what a, is there a life beyond this? Is there more? Beyond? Like yeah. that's what I think of the good faith interpretation of someone who watches movie so. and, and, I, and I, you know do, what I'm saying. I do think on a on a textual level, there it is still about a the one prophecy, which <laughs> was not quite as hoary in 1999 as it is now. But I'm but I mean, oh, there are some tropes in yeah, here, buddy. I, I am, <laughs> We're gonna get into. I it. am a a very much not a fan of prophecy narratives yeah. and of the one narratives. break it down break it I'm, down I'm why really, <laughs> well i mean i there's a whole lot of reasons i think it's, <laughs> i think it's just not great story this is not great story like, oh this was supposed to happen it was like okay I mean, well and, then let's just walk down the track to get there and to be and to be fair <laughs> then why, if the person back then knew the fuck what was happening then why didn't they just solve the problem back then <laughs> right i don't freaking understand how the Popping in and out via telephones ringing. Oh my god, that is the first big thing that was just insane. Just watching this movie like, and being like, wait, okay, so these landline <laughs> like fucking phones are the thing that are supposed to zip you through the digital world. But later on in the movie, there's a scene where Neo is holding a cell phone and trying to figure out how to get to the next phone place where they can the, get out. The so the no uh uh I guess that too, but later on in the movie, like, you know, you, they know what to do in order to, he knows what to do in order to get out. You find a phone and then like, you know, the yeah. thing pulls you out. And it's like, yeah, landline, that's the thing that gets you out. Not not a, a, a digital service on a phone. How well, ridiculous. I don't <laughs> like, understand because they have, yeah, I mean. Because it's like he's running around with a phone and I'm like, why can't he use that thing to get through? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's something about the landline being like an exit point or like a save point or something. And I will say mm. what I accepted early on in rewatching this is not to try and make everything make total technical sci-fi sense, but to think oh, of sure. it as like a lot of it is dream logic and a yeah, lot of emotional. the Matrix. Yeah. And a lot of like the Matrix is much the Matrix is much more like a dream than like a computer program. And in the movie, like they say, like, well, this is and a dream that, that they're in, it's right? It's a simulation. It's, and it basically is a massive dream because it's created, right? It's not, it's created as like a, a collaboration between human brains and the machines. Yeah, I mean, a, it's a, a collective hallucination. It's, right. I mean, the machines are, you know, being obviously exploitative, but like it's, it, 
the human brains are forming part of it. So it, having that dream logic kind of makes sense. Um, it, it, like certain things to be can be of the film's narrative's benefit. You know yeah. what I mean? And I um, just want to say real quick, because you reminded me of something I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this little moment when Neo is in his office and he gets the phone call and he's trying to run away from the agents. And, and Morpheus on the phone is like, you know, go out on the ledge and crawl across the, mm. you got to get across the ledge or whatever. And he goes out and he's looking down and he drops the phone. Yeah. And then, he, and he's like, oh shit, oh shit. And he's on the ledge. And the next thing you see is him getting arrested because he gave he's up like, and went he's back like, inside. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do and it. And <laughs> I really appreciated that because I think <clears throat> my number one pet peeve with action movies and the thing that very often keeps me from getting into action as a genre. Mm. Um, mm. And also why I liked Mad Max Fury Road so much because this shit wasn't mm. happening because it was all practical effects. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> And it, like, as your eye watches it, you, your eye believes it. That's the thing about practical mm. effects in action movies yeah. that these action movie directors are missing. It's like, the reason why people like it is because like, oh, I'm looking at it. Oh, that looked like that really happened. You know what right. I mean? Like now, the Matrix I can forgive for the action sequences looking really silly and cartoony because it's supposed to be a computer simulation. Yeah, that's also a um, cool element but, of it right. too. But what I appreciated in that moment is that it's like, okay, at this point, Neo's an office drone and a hacker, and he's sleep deprived, and he probably doesn't work out, and he doesn't know it's a computer simulation, right. and he's standing on a fucking window ledge several stories up, and I couldn't see anywhere he could have been able to walk in. Yeah. There's wind. It's like, no, he would have died if he tried to do that. Yeah. And so I really appreciated. Like as you're watching the movie, it's like, what is gonna happen? As you're watching, you're like, what is he gonna do? And in, in your brain, there's like, you know, you you kind of trained as an audience member. There's gonna be some fantastical element he'll be able to do that gets it and then oh oh no he's not you know like i love that he just went fuck it no of course not going back and seeing little things that i had forgotten about the plot like the very beginning i don't know if this was a like maybe got like dropped but like uh plot wise but like at the very beginning you hear cypher and pantaly uh i mean um pantaleone i just love that guy's last name um but trinity and cypher talking about neo and one of them and cypher says oh are we gonna have to kill him you know, that's one of the lines, like, mm. and I was like, like, wait, like, wasn't the whole point, like, later on, like, it's one of those, as you're watching the movie for the first time, you're like, oh, what is the intrigue? Like, are these mm-hmm. people friend or foe? You know, but then you think, like, but no, this whole time they expected him to be the one, the guy who was supposed to save them, so why would that have even have been a conversation of whether or not they had to kill him? Like, you know, like, he was going to be the one to help you. It's not like one of those, you know, prophecies where it's like, he he could lead the rebellion or he could lead the robots. Like, yeah. no, that wasn't a question of that was going to happen, right? Like, but then uh, but then there's a little line where, where she says, uh, oh, is someone listening? And then goes like, nah, nah, no way. And I, I do like how they set up that little seed of like. Oh, yeah, that you know now, like. <clears throat> yeah, <throat> now that you know who the characters are, you know that you can recognize you know, the voices. That's one of those g- cool things that I enjoy about, like, watching a person and then going back and like. And then going oh, back, yeah, yeah. 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 You know what I was thinking about was I cannot imagine because, I mean, by the time I saw The Matrix, and I don't remember exactly when I saw it the first time, but I know that by the time I saw it, I knew what it was about. I knew the, you know, right. the reveal or whatever. And yeah, it wasn't like a, oh, don't tell anyone. Like, no, the, like, it's called I, The Matrix. Yeah, I knew, I well, I knew what like, the entire concept was when I saw it for the first time. Uh, and, and I cannot imagine watching it for the first time 
up until because it's about half an hour in. Yeah, it's a long movie, it's a, but it, it's a really enjoyable it feels, movie. It I was just because I was, looking, I was like, whoa, it's like uh, it's two hours. It's two hours and sixteen minutes. Oh no, well, longer so, for an action movie at that time. Yeah, like, and so thirty-four minutes in, about about almost exactly a quarter of the way in, because I noticed this, mm. um, is is when stuff really starts happening with in terms of like I think it's about the thirty-four minute. Yeah, mark this is a bit of a training montage when, and stuff. Well, when he's like <clears throat> actually pulled out in his little pod and. They pull the bits oh, that's out of right. Skin, right, yeah, and um, and I think um, and I think you know, I was thinking about like for this first half hour, what you know, if you're watching this cold and you don't know what anything is, like, what do you think is happening? Because mm. you know, like you you see Neo in his apartment and he's a hacker and these like weird goth people show up and there's all that. And so right. it almost feels like it's going to be a pretty typical cyberpunk, like more like Johnny Mnemonic yeah. where it's like, he's going to go to the club and there's going to be weird Maybe hackers Akira, and they're going to be know, like yeah. putting stuff in their heads and da da da. But like, if you didn't know what was coming, like it would have to be such a mind fuck. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is kind of yeah. fascinating to look back on and think of. And the fact that the movie does really take its time to bring you into that world, right? Like it yeah. doesn't push it on you. It's kind of like, and now there's a certain level that I enjoy that it like takes its time with. And of course, building the atmosphere. But there is another level where I just think of. As a human to another human, like, can you just tell me what the thing is? Well, I don't know. Can you stop being cryptic about this shit? I will will say that my absolute favorite part of any Booker movie that involves, like, like, book movie TV show that involves some, like, you know, fantastic underworld type of thing, I love the... The my favorite bit is the part where it's leading up to the reveal, and when the characters like getting hints, and they're not the quite intrigue. sure. They're not quite sure what's going on. They're not quite sure what's happening. They haven't been taken to the other world. Because you feel yet. like you're in their shoes, of right? Like, yeah, 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 it's like very like it's the kind of magical realism that like when I'm walking around on a weird day and the weather's like kind of weird, and I'm just like, oh, something could happen. You know, it's that feeling. Mm. So anyway, but that's my personal preference. So I love the yeah. first half hour. But um, it, 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 I just enjoy it just as a it like thinking. Of as an action film and how it does such a good job of what an action film does of like gluing scenes together Mm, to form fluid believable action to the eye and uh, that's what I think is so cool about this movie where it's just like you maybe see like you know a couple of points where maybe like you know to our modern eye we can see how the it doesn't connect as much or whatever but like when I look at it just in terms of like what the capabilities that they had at that time and then what they were able to do like it's still impressive to me like yeah. as i watch this movie and even with like the, the cgi that you can obviously see when it starts and stops and stuff like that but it's like it still looks really good like it's yeah. still enjoyable to take in as it doesn't look like oh this is cheesy this is hokey like when the metal like uh when he has the metal mario moment and stuff takes over it still oh, yeah. looks cool like you know yeah. what i mean when he has his caprice on uh ad moment. <laughs> Um, Dude, I totally thought that's what Capri Sun looked like. Because it's, in, can't see it's in the they... pouches and yeah. the straws are, are opaque, so I always thought that that's what Capri Sun... Yeah. Anyway. Going back to the, the cyberpunk... Uh, um... When they open the door and that one girl has the the, the white rabbit with the white tattoo, rabbit yeah. and oh my god, the hairdo that she has, guys, this movie is so 1990s. It's like hyper 1990s. 1990s. It's like this wasn't real 19. Like this is like cyberpunk. What we want 1990. You know, we're going into the new millennium, man. Because she has like this pushed back bouffant 
with a French braid at the end. Because, like, I, I didn't notice it until she did the, like, you know, uh, rabbit reveal. And I was like, oh, my God. And yeah. she got the, like, wow, 1990s. Like, yeah. and not even just 1990s. No, edge of the 90s, too. Because it's like, oh, we're at the future. They we're. had to party like it's 1990s. Exactly. And, man, can I tell you guys, when they go to this club, this freaking club, what is this club? That is, like, a 90s goth club. <laughs> yeah, but, like, is, like, the, the industrial, who is, like. Who is the person who owns. shit dripping off the yeah, who is the person who owns this warehouse <laughs> that just seems like it's just been like decrepit no no dude that's part of the aesthetic like it seems like there should be some, some I mean, safety codes or something that is a thing though like warehouse parties like that were yeah. and are a thing see that well because not my I, thing i'm not saying i go to them but i'm just well, saying now do thing. you think it was supposed to be a warehouse party i thought it was supposed to be like a club well i mean there are clubs there are clubs and then there oh, are sure. like maybe apparently it was a really big thing in like Berlin, like East Berlin, like during the Cold War. Um that they would have Warehouse these, Party. Uh, no, I'm getting I'm getting confused now. I it couldn't have been East Berlin. It must have been in West Berlin, but there was some kind of anyway. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, I've forgotten all the details, ignore me. Oh my god. But getting back to the fucking music though, because Jesus Christ. The first song that plays when we get to... Because, I was, you know, this movie has a, a soundtrack. I think it's like the Chemical Brothers or something like that. Like really techno. And it's so funny because, like, at the time, it's just like, oh, this is just, like, a general driving beat. But now that I look back, I'm just like, oh, my God, I recognize this. I'm like, oh, my God, that's that epic, like... You know what I mean? Like, I recognize those joints, you know? But then, like, having them go to the club and the first thing you hear, not some, like, you know, general, like, Chemical Brothers joint. No, the first thing you hear is Dragula by fucking... Yeah. And I was like, wow. You know, and I... I always watch everything with subtitles, and so I was looking at the lyrics and going, oh. Went to the ditches and burn through the witches yeah. and drag through the back of my Dragula. And it's like, like, what like, does that that's mean? That's such a cheesy Halloween. Like, I think it's so funny. Like, like today, if you were to use that song in a, in a movie, that would be in some, like, over-the-top horror movie that's trying to make a point about, like, the ridiculousness of the, you I know mean, what I mean? Like, I feel like I always hear that song in a, like, a horror context. Yeah, but, like, and so it's funny to see, like, this is a serious big-box action movie, yeah. you know, that's playing... The you know uh, uh, cobwebs and fake costumes, <laughs> Dragula. You know, yeah. what I, I just feel so like wow, they really chose that one, huh? Like not not corn, no, specifically the one about witches and Dracula. Yeah. Like, you know, um, but yeah, I was just like wow, 1990s, you so 90s. <laughs> um, oh yeah, but she is so um, when she's talking to him cryptically, well. I, Again, there's a certain level of like, oh, you know, the, your mind has to accept it. You know, they don't want to just blow it up too quickly. But then there was a certain level where I was thinking of, wait, but he's a computer programmer. Wouldn't he be able to, like, comprehend, like, hey, so you know how you make computer programs? Well, like, we're in one right now. Like, uh, you know, I feel like that uh. would be the easiest connection that this guy who literally works with computers would make. Oh this, oh, this is the bigger point that I want to get to. So when she's talking to him all cryptically about the Matrix, it's one of those things where I'm like, Okay, but couldn't you just, like, say what this is? Because right now, the vagueness makes it sound like it's a cult. <laughs> like, you know? It's like... Oh, that didn't even occur to me. And, and there was another thing I was thinking about, like, a lot of people, especially, like, in the 90s, were, like, disaffected. They were, like, joining cults. And a lot of these people were, like, atomized. You know, they weren't around, like, a lot of family and friends. Because a part of it, you know, they say about, like, you know, in a narrative, it's not what they show, it's also what they don't show. Because I was also thinking, like, where's his brother or, or sister or mom or dad? Like, where's his family or actual mm. close friends? Like, the only people we ever see are those guys who he gets the CD from, but, like, 
we don't know yeah. that that's a friend. Well, I you mean, know? I guess I, I didn't that I didn't think about that. I just assumed he was living, you know, far away from his family. Sure, like, sure, but like. Know. I specifically thought about when he's about to like go with these people to this thing and he doesn't really know what's happening yet. And this is like, um, you know, where is your family like, friend to be like, Hey bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, where, uh, my friends are talking to me about this like strange thing. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not talking yeah, to anyone never, about this, you know? Yeah. Like, they never like talk. He oh, never, there's never a friend that goes like, he, Hey, where have you been? Yeah. He you know, like, and I mean, I guess it's like, you know. And I think they do that in, in the narrative because, like, you kind of have to have well, a person who's disconnected because in order to right. need to shoot. Because imagine if you had, like, oh, oh, his brother's like, don't shoot me. And you have to go, like, oh, my God, he could be one of the agents. Yeah. Like, like you know. Well, like, if they he, if he had, moment if they if he had like, a girlfriend and, like, a best buddy and all that, like, he wouldn't be, like, because he is this very isolated person who spends all his time. Like, they've said he's been obsessed with trying to track Morpheus down. Yeah. He spends all his time outside of work, like on, you know, hacking stuff and also, like, trying to figure out about Morpheus and the Matrix. Well, and, that, no, and I guess he could have, his parents might be dead. And he's, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, child. he could be an like, orphan. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, if they would have brought that up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, I guess I'll just think about it in terms of, like, um, um, oh, yeah, the, the, the fact that say, like, it sounds like a cult. And it's like, if I was, like, if uh, Carrie and uh, Moss had gone up to my friend and was talking like that, w what she had said, like, this extra special thing, you feel it inside of you, and, like, you know that you're more special and you need to, like, right after she left, I'd be like, dude, who the fuck was that? Like, that chick is trying to put your ring on a call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, and it, that's my thing. Because he's so isolated, I think he's, like, not questioning things. Yeah. You know, he, like, I, doesn't I have, I think we're like, also finding out that you're a lot smarter than I am and less likely to end up in a cult <laughs> because that, and it's weird because it's, like, I am so, like, I, I do so much, like, reading and watching mm. stuff about cults and I like to think I'm pretty, like, on edge about cults. Well, I mean, like, and yet even that, like, that didn't. Well, I mean, everyone likes to think that they would, you know, oh, I couldn't possibly get in a relationship with someone who would be abusive. I couldn't possibly get into, yeah. you know, this job that would be abusing me, you know, my time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, mean, I would know like, to stick up for myself. If, but, you know? you know, if they hit the right buttons, and I will say, like, I, you know, I had a teacher in college. This was in an acting class, if that makes this make any more sense. Um, mm. But I had a teacher who said something like, you know, aren't we all waiting for somebody? To, and she wasn't specifically naming the Matrix, but she said something like, aren't we all waiting for somebody to come up to us and say, you know things aren't right. right. You know this isn't all there is. You've always felt there's something wrong. Come with me. I'm going to show you what things really are. I'm going to show you the world the way it really is, whatever. Like, mm. And I think for a lot of people who are unhappy for whatever reason um and certainly like trans people who are not who have not yet realized they're trans like mm -hmm. um you know that sense of something is off and i don't know what but something is off something's not right and i wish somebody would just come and take me to some other universe where things would make sense and yeah. so that moment like yeah i guess if somebody had come up to me like you know 10 years ago and said that I would have ended up in a cult. But, but, but this is what I find interesting about it, is like he d like there is that element of you know something's wrong. But the when he has to accept the reality of what it is, it's not like he goes, "Oh, I knew it all along. This is great." No, he doesn't accept it. He he gets angry. He throws up. He like you know they say, "Oh God, he's gonna pop." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so the real acceptance of something not being the way. This is what I feel about like the 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 MRA like you know those type of guys. It's just like. 
you wanted to already believe that women were the real issue. Like, you just get the, oh, and, and this was the person coming to you to, that's right, you you actually don't need to accept any new information. What you knew was already right. You right, know, There's yeah. no between that and like, oh, yeah. hey, actually, there's more information that you don't know. Like, do you know what being trans is? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, That's a really, right? that's and like, a really do you need good. to accept that, hmm, like what society has told you that you are, hey, maybe there's more to you than that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and then like, it's difficult and it's difficult and often scary and dangerous and ugly and unpleasant. And there's a lot of, you know, like clearly like, so I guess, okay. So may I go on my, my big trans matrix? Oh, go, go, go off King. Okay. So basically (laughs) here's the thing. Like, obviously, I mean the Wachowski, it's good. I'm going to have to like remind myself not to say Wachowski, the Wachowski (laughs) sisters um, have said, you know, that they, you know, they've obviously said like a lot of their own struggles went into the movie. The character Switch, who's like, I didn't that even was the remember. Because oh, okay, all these characters look really cool, right? And yeah. so like that was one of the characters that I remember. Like the characters look so cool that you have that moment of, dang, why weren't they in this more? Dang, hey, wait a minute, they're so iconic looking. Why weren't they? And then when I yeah, that thing that you're about to Switch, say, right? So Switch, um, which I had not remembered this character really that much but switch is not like this switch switch is the one who looks like annie lennox and she's and she also wears really into billy idol yeah like she wears white everybody else is wearing dark colors and she wears white but there's another person that she like tag teams with where it seems like they're kind of like the duo where it's like one wears the real black and she yeah yeah there's there's so many of these there's like a lot more i think apoc yeah, A-Pod, um, I think that was it. But yeah, like there's so many of the minor characters I'd forgotten about. But um, so Switch was originally going to be a woman inside the Matrix and appear to be a man outside of the Matrix. Switch was going to be a woman inside the Matrix because obviously like the Wachowskis being trans women were, I think, the idea of like your mental image of yourself mm. is a woman, even if your body looks male. Mm. Um, and obviously, like, Switch's body, you know, would be the the one that was like in a tank or whatever. But dang, I was um, thinking like, yo, like, that would have been the trans narrative right yeah. there. Like, God damn it, but, why couldn't we have got... And like, the thing is, that would have been inherently, like, you wouldn't even need to say that it was a trans narrative. It would have just would have been like, oh yeah, don't you understand right. that you can be now, a different thing in this blurb? You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Yeah, and and there's also kind of just a little funny moment, and this is also just about sexism in the tech community, mm. where uh, Neo sees Trinity and goes, oh, I thought you were a guy. And I totally um, get that. In fact, I just want to say, I, I love Trinity's character, and I I feel like she gets neutered by the end. She, the, and the we'll whole, fucking like, get to that. Get, getting turned Holy into... Shit. Yeah, that's... Like, a, shit, I watched this movie, and I was like, I kind of had that moment, like, damn. Damn, I kind of wish she was the main character. She's so yeah. badass and cool. And yeah, then, like, that, like, that is definitely. Yeah, like, I I agree there. But so here's the thing, though. I do think actually hmm. metaphor is powerful, and I also think that what is very okay. This is the night of tangents. I'm gonna have a tangent. There was an artist, and I'm not gonna say the artist's name because I'm not trying to like trash talk somebody or whatever. And I think they're very talented. There's this artist who was doing a series of drawings. A, depicting different mental illnesses and um and the the thing is that the person um you know obviously doesn't suffer from every single mental illness uh. like i don't know if they suffer from any but they certainly don't suffer from every single mental illness that exists because no nobody be does function to well, just like, <laughs> that just doesn't that's not anybody but um but i was bothered by i think the way that they 
depicted anorexia, I think. And this was actually like, there was a few things like this, but the anorexia one was like very obvious where their depiction of anorexia was just a horrifically skeletal person, but it's supposed to be about, you know, but it was supposed to be like, but here's how it feels from the inside. And, you know, obviously like different people have different experiences and, you know, I, I am not somebody who has ever suffered from anorexia um, so I'm not speaking from personal, but just from what other people have said, you know, the internal experience of anorexia, it, it's related to OCD and it's very much about like obsessions and circling thoughts and this and that and mm. the other thing. But, you know, very rarely is the ex internal experience of anorexia amounting to, I am a horrible skeleton monster. And that is you know, unfortunately, what if somebody sees somebody who's very, very underweight, mm. they may see that on the outside, but that's not the internal experience. It's so hard to not. Like, and if you're like, it's so easy to see, like, why people would, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, illustrate it that way because it's so hard. It's so easy. Right. To, like, and and yeah. so it's like if you're and, and I, I almost hate to use a mental illness as a comparison because I don't, for the record, think being trans is a mental illness. Mm. But um, but just as a very personal and very internal experience that also manifests externally, um, I think if, you know, well, okay, I'll put it this way. Like in the 90s, you know, what was the media depiction of trans people? Oh my God. It, it was like, oh, even uh, when it, even when it wasn't horrible and hateful, the depiction was, here's this woman and she used to be a man. And there was never any question of why might this person have taken yeah, this path? Was, like, the why? way you said that was, sounded, it was honestly too progressive. It was like, Here's this man that thinks he's a you know what I'm I, saying like that I, was the I fucking... will say there was I will say in the 90s there was a lot of the idea that if you have a sex change operation you become a woman yeah. you used to be a man and then you became a woman that seemed to be the thing because also people weren't harping about chromosomes at that mm -hmm. point um, well, you know, but, a lot of teen sex comedy. Oh yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> but but the thing is, there's already plenty of depictions. I mean, Twin Peaks, which I think for the early 90s handled it pretty well. But, like, there's so many media depictions, especially, like, in the 90s, of trans women where it's like, this person used to be a man and now she's a woman. Or this is a woman, but she's got this, like, masculine-looking body. Or this is a man who looks like a woman or and whatever. Joke, yeah, or, or not even when it's a joke even when it's a decent enough for the time period portrayal mm. it's all about the external it's all about what other people are seeing and what other mm. people are seeing is somebody with a body that is or was typically masculine and this person is now a woman or living as a woman or whatever so i think that you know even though i don't think having switch as originally intended would have been a bad thing um, and that was down to studio meddling, um, I, I believe. Um, I think that the Matrix as trans metaphor is so much more powerful, you know, given that this was a time that you weren't, I mean, nowadays in the 2020s, I expect to see trans writers, trans creators making trans stories, all kinds of trans stories. That's what I want to see now. But in the 90s, having you know, this story made metaphorically by two mm. 
trans women who were still figuring out who they were. That's also what it too, right? Which like there's a certain level. Of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so having it, um, you know, having it be metaphorical, I think, is more useful because here's the thing. Okay, so I will I will I'm sure I'll have more to say, but just so many things like the experience of everything in the world is just a little off, and I don't know why, and then you get an answer. You figure it out. Oh, now I know why. Now I know what's feeling wrong. Everything's going to be sunshine and roses now, right? No, everything is going to be fucking medical procedures and social isolation and dealing with people trying to attack you. Not everything because, because wait, this is important (laughs) because you also get really cool new friends and you have a sense of freedom that you didn't have before and you know who you really are and you discover new abilities. Like, (laughs) There's a lot of good stuff, but it's not all sunshine and roses. It is difficult, and very often there's a lot that's unpleasant. And so, Cypher, this is so fucking, like, timely because, you know, unfortunately right now, um, detransitioners are becoming a really useful tool of the anti-trans movement. And I want to say something real quick about that because um, when I say detransitioners... I do not mean somebody who began a transition and then decided it wasn't for them and began living as their gender assigned at birth again or decided maybe they're non-binary or gender fluid or whatever or they want to take a step back from their medical transition or do something differently. That's not what I'm talking about. Because here's the thing. If you're a man and you think, hmm, maybe I'm gay, I'm going to try dating some dudes. And you try dating some dudes, and you go, hmm, that's not for me. I don't think I like dudes after all. I like women. And you start dating women. You're not an ex-gay. You are straight. That's called being straight. Right, right. That's called being heterosexual. It's called going if, to college, you know? Right. Like, oh, oh and, I wanted to try. Oh, and it wasn't mine, and, you know? <laughs> and, if, and if you identify as an ex-gay, it's because you're a homophobic shitbag. Oh, right. Who is, uh, who is pushing... Push, hey, you're bringing it together, yeah. Who's pushing an agenda to say... I had a homosexual experience and it wasn't right for me. Therefore, being gay is awful and nobody should be gay, right? So detransitioners, there are people who are not like this who will use the term detransitioner for themselves. But the movement of detransitioners, like if you start transitioning, you realize it's not for you. That just makes you cis or maybe non-binary or gender fluid or whatever your identity is. Identifying as a detransitioner that is identifying as the with, thing that you right. Are no I mean, longer. to me, to me, it seems a little bit like identifying as divorced. Like I've never understood right, that. It's right, like yeah. if you're divorced, you're you're single. That's called being single. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's not a relationship. You're just the thing that, that you are. And, you're not in relation to the thing so, that you aren't. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Cypher is a detransitioner. Cypher mm. is a textbook detransitioner because it's like okay. I am very sympathetic to Cypher being as unhappy. Yeah, that's as the here. thing. As I'm like, as I watch the movie, it's like he's the most sympathetic character. Because it's like as until watch the movie, it's just until like, mm. until. So here's the thing. Mm. So Cypher, very tra- I'm very very sympathetic to his feelings because 
I wouldn't want to live in that horrible, right, right. fucking, like the sucks. depressing, <laughs> depressing, like, like dark has, like, sky. has like a consistency of snot. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is the reality? Yeah. Why? Like, Why did that just have to be my like, reality? By all means, please send me back to the simulation. Yeah, and, and, if, and if the point is like, oh, it's not possible that we could win anyway and they could totally be screwed, and, 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 then what the hell are you wasting my time right. for? And, you know, so, so... And there are a lot of trans people who... Oh, people must be who, able to choose whether or not they're dying and, against machines. And so <laughs> so people, um, there are a lot of trans people who quote-unquote detransition uh, or take a step back from medical transition or go back to using their original pronouns, not because they don't experience dysphoria, but because they just cannot deal with all the bullshit mm. that comes with being openly trans, especially... Right, you know, there's so much vitriol right now. Mm. If you are, if you're a trans person, like, there are people out there who want you to die, and there's people out there who don't care if you die. And there's and, people. And to out- be clear, the reason why they're doing this is just for their fucking uh, votes and to stay in power and all that bullshit. They don't actually give a shit about trans people or anything like that. They're just like, oh, here's the boogeyman that'll, right. that'll scare the uh, right, people. right oh, now. Uh, Gary we people. Oh, we can't make fun of them anymore. Oh, trans people. Here's the next exactly. Thing we're, down, the, uh, we're the next. Con- the, oh, non-binaries. Uh, they're, yeah, they're scary. It's, the, it's the next convenient boogeyman. But so here's the thing. It is 100% legit to say, I cannot deal with this bullshit. I'd rather deal with feeling uncomfortable in myself than, you know, I than these external circumstances. I think that's a really hard and sad decision that people have to make sometimes. So, again, totally sympathetic to Cypher. What I am... Just as expensive, right? Like, it's not like it's like, oh, I just feel like... And like, right? Like, if you have to go through that shit and a whole bunch of not yeah. open-minded people who are trying to, like... Fucking push I mean, back into it every moment, like <laughs> it's hard. It's expensive in and yeah, and like it really is like a cost and like a, a, a what's it called cost and benefit analysis. Mm. Um, but so here's where my sympathy for Cipher ends mm. is that he fucking betrays Betrayed and hurts. <laughs> he betrays and hurts and literally kills yep. his friends in order to get back in the Matrix. And so here's the thing: mm. if you feel like whether because you realize you're actually are the gender you're assigned at birth or because you realize maybe you're more genderqueer, gender fluid or non-binary than you thought you were or because you just can't deal with the bullshit and you decide to stop your transition or to go back to living as your gender assigned at birth, that is 100% your right to do and you deserve respect and love and support and everything. If you go around saying the trans agenda transed me and I was an innocent baby 27 year old and they <laughs> tricked me into going to therapy for six months and paying five thousand dollars for a surgery yeah. that removed my boobs and now i don't have boobs and i don't know why mm. then fuck you <laughs> because you're hurting other people because of your own discomfort and mm. like you know that's so that's a and thing putting it on other people like because that's what we always do right we always go oh the thing that i'm going through must be the way it is for everyone else oh if i'm going through this thing where i you know do my because you know gender is possibly fluid for a lot of people right mm. and so what have you your journey may be this at one time and the journey may be that at another but it's like oh because i'm going through this 
yeah, that must be the way it is for everybody else. Yeah, like, I just hate when people do that mm-hmm. from all sides of anything when it comes to shit right. like that, and, right? and then there's, Like, you know, I never was tempted to be gay, so that must just be something that is fake. You know what I mean? Like, right. or, in the, in or, the 90s when you did that stupid Or, well, I, I am tempted to be gay all the time, <laughs> but I'm also attracted enough to women that I can force myself to be with women and ignore my urges. It's like, oh, that must be how it is for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I don't, I don't particularly want to spend any more time talking about D trans, <laughs> but, but I was struck by what a perfect metaphor cipher is. It's like, if you want to go back in the matrix, man, I get it, but don't fucking kill fucking switch and APOC, you know, God don't fucking, it. don't fucking turn Morpheus over to the agents. Yeah. Although there is that question of like, how was he able to do that? How was he able to get into the matrix? He was outside of it. Don't you need another version to jack you in? I don't. If he was sitting there, like, how did he put the thing in himself and go to, you know I what don't I mean? Know. Like, is that a plot hole or maybe he just told somebody like, hey, I want to go well, do such, I want, I got an errand to run and. No, no, because he says like, good night. Like he says good night to everyone. So the idea is that, oh, everyone's asleep and he can like do his own thing. And now I was thinking later on in, when he's in there, he says, oh, they can jack me in themselves. But like, but they're in the program. The viruses can't come out the, uh, or the, whatever the heck can't come out of the program. And actually that is kind of funny. I'm thinking like, we're thinking of them as viruses, and I remember in my head thinking of like, oh yeah, the Smiths, they're the viruses. Like, no, actually, they're the the antibodies. They're the things that are trying to make like the Matrix. Uh, they are, this, are the viruses. They you know? are, like, yeah. yeah. So okay, so I'm thinking about this. So when they've got the thing just plugged into their head port, um, it's like, and this is actually funny, and I think that the okay, so you know how like when um they're th- they're threatening to just pull the plug on Morpheus and that's going to instantly kill yeah, him. Yeah. So when I was a kid and I had a DOS processor, like an old ass computer, it was like an IBM computer from the eighties. And if you turned it off without shutting it down and going through the whole process properly, like you could really seriously fuck up your computer (laughs) and so i'm sure that the wachowskis being like you know the age that the Mm. ages they are like they must have had that in mind it's like you can't fucking just unplug it without Ah. going through the shutdown process but um but so thinking about it i believe we see neo sort of come out of a simulation without getting unplugged like the physical no, no. anytime he's doing uh the that one dude the light-skinned dude is like uh, giving uh, uh, programs. Tank? Uh, yeah uploading the programs for him remember? right right but maybe so cypher's savvy enough that maybe he's got like it to automatic like time in and oh time no out. that's impossible yeah because yeah, he yeah. could do it that's what i'm thinking he's got it on a timer sort of where it's like mm. okay i'm about to go in Pull me out of this in two hours, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that, you you just uh, smoothed over that plot all there. Automatic. Look at You're that. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, Wachowski. Yeah. He will take his check. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, oh, now now this is the thing that annoyed me. Okay, it's like getting back into the meat, in yeah. meat and potatoes of, of the plot of the film. The one thing that annoys me about it is like uh, I don't like. I know it's supposed to be he Keanu Reeves serves as the blank slate. He's like what. Like, you know, yeah. like, yeah, the slag dude, like, coming into the world, he's the fry in Futurama, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But there's a certain level of, like, I want to know why he's lonely, you know what I mean? I want to, like, actually see a moment of that, and it felt like the movie, the Wachowskis are very visual people, and I think that there are certain things, when it comes to actually having to say something really emotionally about something, I think what they do is they go, 
oh, but we showed visually what that kind of looks like. And so mm. they allow that. Because like when they, they start the movie, oh, look at this loser. He's clearly a loser, right? He's uh, face down sleeping with a whole bunch of uh, open computers and a bunch of like stuff around him. Like it felt like that was kind of supposed to be what they were doing. So they were like, he could just be busy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I think like it didn't so much bother me that we didn't get a whole lot about his backstory because I, I think... mean, not like a whole lot, but this this is what I mean. She specifically like the 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 narrative of his emotional journey gets told to us by Carrie Ann Moss's character instead of us having a moment of him experiencing it genuinely. Mm-hmm. He, it, as, he gets, as us watching him, he goes through his life normally, gets chewed out by his boss, but like he's like late for like the job, but apparently he's been late a couple of times. Like that's just you not being on time. But it's not like oh he's being hounded and pushed to do all this work and like oh he's working and it's late night and he like kind of looks out one night I, and you know has like like goddamn. This I never, think we like, could you know, have seen more of the obsessive. Yeah, I think we could have seen more of his obsessive search because we just get you're right we get we told, get told you know that you feel something you know that, and what they're trying to do is say like you the audience you know that you feel that there's something more and see we're trying to actually speak to you and don't you feel that way and yeah that's probably whatever you know real issues they're going through but we're using that as a metaphor for this movie talking about the computer you know like that's what they're trying to do but it just annoys me that like but I don't like I I remember this getting this complaint back then is like he feels like a blank slate and the reason why is like I don't think Keanu Reeves is that bad of like an actor I think he can be used well you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying uh, I like he's not like <laughs> fantastic or he clearly has limitations but if you are a good director you can use some, like he is someone who can be used well yeah. you know what I'm saying well this is something I was thinking about when we were talking about like Will Smith in and is like and why I do think Keanu Reeves works really well in this role is like. When I look at Will Smith, I see gears going behind his eyes. When I look at Keanu Reeves, and I adore Keanu Reeves, when I look at Keanu Reeves, I see the gears going. And I and I and I'm not saying that to to like you know to dunk on Keanu Reeves. I adore him. He's a wonderful man. And I and I I don't think he's like stupid or anything. That's not what I'm saying. But he has the but know? yeah, like in this movie, As an actor, like, people have looks. <laughs> he, he seems like he has no idea what's going on. And Will Smith, I think, would have seemed like he doesn't know what's going on, but he's about to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, and he would have been talking back too much. He you would have been cracking he wise. He would, you know? he would, and he would have been like asking like more specific questions, being like, okay, but how does this work? And what are those? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And like, and yeah, and like Keanu Reeves' Neo is just and so, like. So, what's the yeah. truth of this movie? Is the truth that, oh my God, you're so smart and you were the one and you figured out, or. You're a credulous dumbass who just went along with the first person who like sweeped you up into something. Well, you know, like that that, that and, is an interesting sort of like, like thing. I of that, really, right? I really hate the one narratives, and it's actually a weird part where the um the trans metaphor falls apart. Although again, it's not like they were intentionally setting yeah, out to I mean, do that. It's that's just also a where resonance. It's like, uh, someone who's going through it but doesn't right. understand all of it, of course, right. is gonna come out in but, their art. But the know? whole thing about the one, it's like, okay, but you know, being trans is an experience that millions and millions of people have, um, you know, being, I think at one point the Oracle says being the one is like being in love. Being in love is an experience mm. that billions of people have. And so, you know, turning it into this, are you this one super special destined philosopher, you know, a uh, prophesied person or not like that it's just weird because that's also just not a real thing like Mm -hmm. being in love is real being trans is real like there are all kinds of human experiences that are real and most real human experiences are things that many people experience 
And the idea of being the one, it's just like, it feels so fake. I, I just want to give props to Lawrence Fishburne, first of all. He's amazing. Like, yeah, we, we literally haven't seen mentioned... him for so long into the movie, though. We, uh, yeah, we have not mentioned Lawrence Fishburne at all, and he is amazing, and I can't, I can't imagine... Just like I can't imagine anybody else's Neo, or I, really, I can and I don't like it, and I can't imagine anybody else's Morpheus. Yeah, and, and I was thinking, like, I don't know him in a lot of movies. Like, I feel like I haven't seen him in that much stuff, but, like, this feels like, yeah, this is the iconic role for him, and honestly, I mean, after you get paid for this, like, does he really yeah. need to do that much? It's, it's <laughs> weird. I always, um, I always forget how young he looks in this. Yeah. Because also, I first saw it as a kid, and so everybody was a Right, everyone up. looks old. Yeah. And like, especially he has, like, kind of pockmarked face yeah, a little bit, you know? But so like, he kind of has a wizened like, everybody, look. Everybody is, like, just a grown-up, but, like, now, like... Neo especially, but also Morpheus looks like a baby to me. They all look yeah. so young. And and like but what I like about it is he's so perfect for the role in terms mm -hmm. of like I was thinking about like who else you could put in this, oh uh, Samuel Jackson, but like he would have been too harsh. There's something Samuel about Lawrence Fish Fishburne that's very warm in how he like he's... approaches this character. Even when he's giving like being like a like a bit of a taskmaster, mm -hmm. there's still like this element of him that still feels like like but I still admire you and I actually still want to see you. I want to see you get better. Yeah. And like you can see, because in a lot of movies when there's like the guy who goes, again, like again, right. sort of, you don't really feel the love for it. It just feels like I have this vision and you're going to fulfill it. Yeah. You know, it's like, but him, it feels like, oh my God, I finally feel this. He almost feel feels this, like, like a parent. Like he almost yeah, feels like a yeah. parent. You know? And yeah, like Samuel L. Jackson would have been too cool. Like mm -hmm. he just has. He's, too cool. He's yeah. like too like in charge. And the other person, you said something like Sean Connery. I think if right, they cast, it like, been too, if they'd cast mm. like an older person, he would have seemed too like. Disconnected. Authoritative. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like the fact that he's like a pretty young guy and that he is like. And, and he, he kind of sees, like, he, he's the, like, he seems like the boss, but he kind of treats everyone as equals, and he especially yeah. seems to, like, he, like, there's the possibility for this type of thing to fall into, like, the magical Negro trope, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, I'm just using my thing to help you, like, white guy to do. But, like... He's unlike, got his own... Yeah, he has his own motivations, and, like, he is incorporated into that motivation, but, like, it's about, like, this bigger thing. Mm -hmm. Like, usually the black, ne uh, the black magical Negro trope is, like, uh, this I, white guy's over here. I just care about helping you. Yeah, I, I'm not going to benefit and, at and, all, like uh, like a Green Mile or a Legend mm -hmm. of Bagger Vance, where it's just like, what the hell is this black dude getting out of like making yeah. this guy's life better? Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and in and in this case, it almost feels like he's not really trying to like help Neo's life be better at <laughs> all. He's like, he's like, trying to get a realization, right? Right. right. Like, but even then, it's like very much like Morpheus is the legend. Like they're always mm -hmm. like they're building up Morpheus, Morpheus, and he very much has this goal and this belief. And so it's almost more like Neo's kind of a tool, but mm. not in a way that's like cold or unfeeling or you're just yeah, I don't care. Because what there's lots of moments it. where he goes like, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have like you know pushed you too far. Mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't." Have, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, oh, there's a part where he's and, like, "Oh, we you, we usually don't." bring out people who aren't like you know uh kids because if you're too old you, you know right your brain is and too i much think the, the fact also that morpheus the people like question is he like they'll say like oh you know morpheus mm. really thinks this but i don't think he's right or you right. know morpheus believes this but i think yeah the they're not just behind that, him yeah right the fact that i think he's such a fascinating character because he could have been this like very one note you know, perfect, unquestioned, badass teacher who's just here to like, you know, whip your butt a few times in combat training, and then yeah, you know, and it, whiplash, I right? Mean, not whiplash, the J.K. Um, uh, J.K. Simmons, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. What movie? I think it was called Whiplash, wasn't it? Where it's like 
he was like he's a percussion major and he's like why did i like throw that at you you know like it, uh, trying to make him you know be wait, better all the full time. metal jacket no 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 uh uh jk uh, oh wait no that wasn't jk hold on I think yeah, I think it was Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah, 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 2014 movie. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, good, because then we won't get on another topic yeah. talking about another movie. But um, it's weird that, because I don't feel like Matrix has, it's certainly got a lot of deep references, but I feel like it's not got a lot of movie references, and yet somehow There's this like episode. anime references and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but somehow this episode, we're just all <laughs> on the, like. Yeah, the only anime, and, 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 I, I mean, I guess I did reference Akita, but. Um, oh, yeah, so. Um, let me get to it. Uh, da, da, da. Oh my God. Again. So they get to the moment where it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're talking the matrix is, you know, he's telling him, what is the matrix? The matrix is everywhere. It's all around us. Even uh, this, you see it when you look out your window or you turn on your television, you can feel it when you go to church or pay your taxes. You feel it when it's like, Oh my God. When you just tell him you, <laughs> the machines have taken over, you're living in a, you know, what a, a computer program. Like just explain it to him. Why is he giving him this overly long thing? And here's my thing. Like, like I said, if they had actually had like a character moment, if they, if these moments had been like moments of alienation that he brought up, you feel it when you go to church and mm -hmm. like you don't actually, you know, feel anything. You feel it when you do your taxes and you feel like. Da -da -da. But like yeah. he's just mentioning when you look out your window, when you, when you turn on your TV, like what? Like yes, because the Matrix is everything. You could have just said that when you look at your curtains, when you take a shit, when you, you know what I mean? Like, you could have mentioned a billion other things. Are you literally going to go through every action you've ever done in life and be like, you see, what I'm trying to say is all of these things are the major. What? You're in a computer program. You know, I could have just said you're in a computer program. You're, you're a hacker. You're probably going to figure that out. It's like, oh my God, just tell him what it is. Yeah, I guess it's like more dramatic or poetic yeah, of course. that way. Yeah. Of course. Um, but yeah, it's like, he could have gone on to describe a bunch of other mundane shit. You feel it when you eat a burger or change your underwear or pick up your dog's poop. Like, like, <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> um, oh, oh, but that's what I said. Like, if he was saying, like, you feel the strains of reality when you have to do something that you don't enjoy. Like, when, you know, when, when you're, like, mindlessly at work or something like that. Like, that there's another reality calling to you. You know what I'm saying? That there's something more than this. Like, that would actually be tying into not only, yes, the audience that we're talking to, but also really speaking to him as an individual person doing his job. Maybe to do, like, a flashback to him, like... You know, doing a late night or so, yeah, like just some sort like, of thing that makes him human. You I know? guess I feel like um, the the movie. I actually, you mentioning that now made me think of this, and I probably wouldn't have have thought about it otherwise. But the movie does not have any flashbacks at all. Like everything that you see is happening at that moment yeah. that you're seeing it, and so that makes it. And I feel like that is. Um, that's, I feel like that's a pretty common thing in action movies, but it makes it feel very immediate. Mm -hmm. um, and I think especially when you're dealing with, like, um, hello, um, especially when you're dealing with, like, dream logic and computer simulations and mind games and all this, oh, sure. I think having that groundedness at the very least of, like, everything you see is really happening in yeah. the sense that the characters are experiencing this right in now. In the time, yeah. Now, now again, he, he, he gets uh, on his, more on his vagaries. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. I'm like, like, I feel like you could have told yeah, him. Yeah, in fact, doesn't he literally start explaining to him yeah. the next scene? Because, like, like, it's like, okay... <laughs> The AI, it, well, because, yeah, he tells it, it's like they, they go to the, the space, and then he's sitting 
in a chair and telling yeah. him, <laughs> explaining yes. to him. It's like, I, I guess it makes it more visually interesting that you took him into the thing, but like... Yeah. Oh, we need the trailer line more. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Oh, now, if he would have said, to truly accept what it is, you have to see it for yourself. Right, but Like, like that would have worked, right? Like, yeah. I'm telling you this, but you're not going to believe it until you see it in your face. And then they have the scene where he gets pulled out of the, the, the thing, you know what I'm saying? Um... But yeah, that was that was the point where I wrote the note. It was like, yo, yeah, yeah. So actually, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, okay. And so again, on this uh, sort of like the language that these people are using, I would be kind of like, first of all, oh no, they have to be young kids that we have to get uh, into our cult. You know, like, oh, oh yeah, okay, uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but also like uh, you know um, he says uh uh. uh he says, "Oh, oh, we we gotta put this uh the the blue the red pill that it gives them. It actually does do something. It's not just a placebo. Like it makes them forget so that they can comfortably integrate back into the matrix. Huh? Oh no no no! I'm talking about the um the red pill that he takes. The, oh. re- the red pill does do something. Oh it, yeah. It uh it this is what they said. It disrupts your carrier signals so we can track you. And I was like." You were so relying, movie writer, right there, on people not hearing what you were saying right there. It's like, because this is like, it disrupts the carrier signal so that we can. Blah, blah, blah. It was like, wait, something that disrupts uh, someone else from tracking you, that doesn't automatically make it, <laughs> like, start tracking. Like, it just says it disrupts the signal so we can track you. And it's like, but how would that direct, when you need something else? It, but okay, whatever, whatever, dream logic, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, this does the dual thing of not allowing them to track you and allowing us to track you. But my brain would be like, Wait, why do you need to track me, though? Like, so I understand why is, they can't track me. Why do you need to be tracking this me? Is big, well, they need to track him so they can find his body. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know, but, uh, like, when I'm first getting into this, oh, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. You, wait, you tried to sneak that past me. Like, oh, by is, the way, we're tracking your every move. Uh, you know? <laughs> no, they're not tracking. They're just tracking where his body pot is so that when he wakes up in goo, he's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. just stuck there. No, no, true, true. But then then he says, uh, oh, because, um, what is he? Uh, oh, th- th- this is what I don't like, though. In movies, when people don't, just explain to someone because in that line he goes like it, it disrupts the signal you know maybe he's using one or two words that he doesn't understand and he goes like what does that what, you know Keanu Reeves what does that mean and then Cyber's like it means Kansas is going bye bye and I was like no that's not what that meant that's not what that meant it disrupts the carrier signal so that we can track you no you should have just clarified hey we need to be able to track you yeah, it, it doesn't not, mean Kansas like, is going that's not what that means in that like moment. You, you gotta have the little snappy like action yeah, I know but like, it felt like that should have been responding to something else yeah. like if the pill actually started like if the well no because it does like that, see that's the thing the pill does cause the metal thing to mm. happen to him and mm. so like Oh, he's saying, yeah, Kansas is going bye-bye. Like, that's the thing. But it's like, but you're, like, you're, first of all, you're not even explaining what the pill's doing. <laughs> like, I you're mean, just saying, well, this is what's going to happen. But, like, that's not even the question that he had. To he be was, fair, they didn't really have that much time. To yeah, I know, I know. It. But it just pissed me off so much in that moment of, like, because, I mean, someone had to write this, right? Like, and yeah. someone had the moment of, oh, you think you're getting the answer to this, but here's what uh, we're actually going to say instead. But it's usually funny if it's, like, snappy in a way that, like, oh, that kind of answers the question, but in a way that's being an asshole. But it's like, no, you legit didn't answer the question about it tracking me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Because I was thinking at first they were going to say, oh, yeah, so they can't track you, and, and that's cool. And, oh, also, BT Dubs, uh, we didn't say that this pill was keeping tabs on you before you took the pill, but you're cool with us tracking you now, though, right? It was like, wow, this, this really is a freaking metaphor for America, isn't it, this movie? <laughs> yeah. We didn't I mean, tell you we were tracking you it, before with the, with the thing that we gave you, but now we are. You're cool with that, right? <laughs> but, again, but again, the tracking him is tracking where his helpless body I, is. 
was about to wake up in a pot of goo. I know, but think about it. When he gives him the, like, which pill do you want? He does not tell him what these pills do. It's just like, I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. It doesn't say, I'm going to put a tracker I mean, in you. Because if somebody offered me a pill and said, this will show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Oh, is I that would, all the info you need? I would assume, I would assume it's either some kind of psychedelic <laughs> or that it's like a popper. See, like, see, that's the thing. I, that's the real thing about this dude. This dude Sorry, just... you're straight. Do you know what a popper is? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you explained it to me. He's talking uh, the rabbit hole. But, but, oh, yeah. We're going to see how deep it goes. <laughs> but, like, okay, you get the iconic. And I, and I will say, like, I love, like, the glasses and the mirror work that they do with filming this. It's so cool looking. And you're always, like, trying to catch where the fuck the camera is. You know, yeah. when you watch it, you're like, fuck? and you know that they know that you're trying to catch that. So, they're like, you know they framed it in a way where, like, yeah, they're never going to see the fucking camera. We do it like there's some angle that you can do with that type of shit, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those glasses are just fucking iconic looking, yeah. especially Morpheus's. And it's funny, I love how he, like he just pops them on his face, yeah. he doesn't even have to have. I, I didn't even notice how a little silly they kind of like, like when they're just on and he's just doing his thing, they look cool. But when you actually have to, like, I'm putting them on, there was a level of oh, yeah, he had to like choose these, like, yeah. he had to specifically choose ones without like anything that would help protect him. But like, for some reason, like, you yeah. know, why would you choose the glasses that could be blown by a breeze? You know, um. But yeah, like, aren't you guys flying a lot? He's got, he's got, he's got spirit gum on the bridge of his oh, nose. Oh, sure. <laughs> this is like an hour and a half, so I feel like if you want to like do it too harder, I feel like we, I feel like I don't know if we've ever done that. Before. Yeah, this is. It's so not long. even like a particularly long movie, but this like, is, there's so much to say. Yeah, there's a lot to say, so I feel like, um, like maybe next week because like tomorrow's Shabbat, but like this weekend maybe or next week like if you have time we could record the rest because i'm honestly like it's like almost yeah getting close yeah to and and i'm like you gotta get literally the next question i have is are the machines that bad and that's going to be a that's really gonna be big a <laughs> yeah so, so ladies and gentlemen we're going to, we've never done this before in the podcast but there is just so much to say about this goddamn movie we're going to have to split this into two parts. All right, Dr. Goatman, you get you get a bonus. You get a twofer. All right. Well. But well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, until next time, if you want to hear the rest of this episode first, uh, uh, which is what we're definitely going to be doing, yeah, you can hear the rest of this episode first on uh, patreon.com slash rapcritic. So get your butt on over there and uh, check it out where you can uh, get to enjoy the full episode plus get to um, chat with me and fellow fans on the Rap Critic Patreon Discord plus see Rap Critic episodes early and all that fun sexy stuff. So, you know, get with it, act like you want it. And uh, until next time, oh no, no way, we, we're not going to do an ending. We're just going to abruptly cut off so that you feel the, the forlornness. And I'm DJ, oh no, you better come back next time. Bye. <laughs> Look out.